The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. I'm getting too much money. Everybody's mad. The same old nigga from the block. The same old nigga with the pot. The same old nigga from the trap. Everybody hated on him. Then he bounced right back. What up, people? It's T Rich bringing in the show. This is shit you might have missed. Um, y'all know what that is, right? Uh uh-uh. uh. I almost never do though. I didn't know what that one was no. Like most of the times, I'm with you, but you didn't like. I was just listening. Like like uh, I I don't was that Migos. I don't I don't know. Ot Beyonce? Genesis, huh? It is it is kind of Beyonce, but okay. it's Ot Genesis. But okay. When she did on um, Beachella, when she did that breakdown, that little dance thing, mm-hmm. and it was oh, like he- chopped and screwed. Okay. I'm one of those people who has not seen that. So we are done with the podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all for joining us for these. Can I can I say can I can I can I say that I've seen it? I watched the first ten minutes and I was just bored and so I turned it off. Okay. So Yeah. So Christy aside, uh, (laughs) uh, this past week. Uh, Netflix premiered Beyonce's Homecoming, which was both. It was it was both parts of the show. So she did the show for Coachella over two separate weekends, and so if you watch it, you see like Outfit one where she's wearing a yellow shirt and another where she's wearing a pink shirt. Um, but I have watched Beachella several times, so uh, that wasn't new. But the thing that was amazing, though, was like when you look back on like her work ethic and just make it. It's creating. It's creating an echo for some reason. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why. Does it matter? If it was creating an echo when you did it, that's why I was saying it. Oh, 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 yeah, I heard that. There's an echo now. No, no. Oh, I can't hear myself this way now. Um, but yeah, so just like when you think about like her work ethic, so she started conceiving this idea either when she was pregnant with the twins or like right after she gave birth. And she was talking about how when she gave birth, she was 218 pounds. And so she had to like drop all that weight. And um, there were like four months of rehearsals with the the band, band and then there was four months of rehearsals with the dancers and when you watch the show i mean i was amazed by it not only because i stand i do i don't care like it don't like it i don't give a fuck but to see her just like going through like two hours of just like singing dancing moving around doing all of that shit and like keeping it together was quite amazing and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a 
I mean, just her work ethic is ridiculous to me. So yeah, to to add on to T. Rich's point, um, one of the things, well, there are a lot of things that I I liked when I saw Beyonce's hustle, but um, there are a lot of things that stood out to me. So one, I saw that Jay was there as a supporting figure. He seemed to be very present throughout the process, but it didn't seem like he was there to kind of like, you know, I'm Jay-Z and this is what I think. It seemed to be very much Beyonce's show. This is what she wants. And I'm just here to support. You know what I mean? Um, Also, what I noticed was uh, to piggyback on what T. Rich was talking about was, again, she had four months of rehearsal before she brought in the dancers for another four months. So just four months with the band alone and totaling more than 200 performers for the course of the show she had to like pay all these people and pay them for their time while they're rehearsing and and she was there for like the the process for how the pyramid's gonna look what type of outfits are being worn where the cues are she really put this thing together this was her vision so the how to see how she executed it executed executed it the fact that she had three different sound stages that she was going back and forth between the fact that she's working with all these different people and executing her vision and making sure people got to where they're supposed to go and covered all that or whatever. I think the humbling thing behind that is a lot of times people tend to see the end result and not really respect the work that goes into it. So that was the beauty of that was being able to see that there was a lot of thought and energy and time that went into this at the same time that she's a mother balancing two little ones that were just born, still having to deal with Blue Ivy, you know, who was still there also. So who was up there doing? Yeah, choreo. doing her thing. Yeah, yeah, doing her thing. Um, uh, it was a lot. If you think about, like, you know, the amount of time she puts in in terms of like dancing, she like she could put fifteen hours in in a day just doing dance rehearsals and stuff like that, and and the amount of stress that could put on your voice to sing like that. And there's one time they did a run through of the entire show with no music. That is bananas. That you can do that. Like, you know, bop, 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 five, six, seven, eight. That's bananas. So, like, that just that's just a testimony to her work ethic. And, like, you know, the dope thing about it when it's all said and done is she got her check from Coachella. She killed the game with that. And then she came back and doubled back and got a check from Netflix. And is going to get a check from her streaming and all that other stuff that she does when she releases her album. So, I mean, that's just business acumen, and you can't teach that. And the work ethic, work ethic that she has, you can't teach. As talented as she is, that work ethic is what makes her Beyonce. Completely agree. Um, and also, I, I heard, who knows how true it is, because Beyonce likes to keep things you know, private, um, but that she got a three-part deal with Netflix so that makes sense. That's that, that that tends to be how the moguls move. Like, so we may be blessed with more. I'm pretty I'm so sure she excited. got some other stuff in the bag. I Speaking feel like, okay. Oh, so I was gonna say, I feel like so I would like to say, yes, was not interested in watching Bachella. Um, but I do appreciate her work ethic and all the work that she puts in because that, you know, is obvious I think in everything that she does everything she does is you know very carefully you know designed laid out curated and um I think props to that but I also think that this Netflix deal that excuse me she has going on hopefully can be a prototype for people to make slow art you know what I'm saying for for people who you know are 
definitely have the kind of following where people would watch. So I don't want to say people just at the height of their career. Um, but I think that, you know, it's a way to make slow art in the sense that you can make a whole bunch of little video projects, you know, or you could, you know, do, you know, concerts. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that you could do with these streaming platforms that make it so that I think people don't necessarily have to tour themselves to death or, you know, um, you know, just really kill their bodies because I mean, to be basically eating nothing <laughs> as you're recovering from giving birth to, no, from having grown two children and then have a surgeon slice your entire abdomen completely mm -hmm. the fuck open so he can pull them the fuck out, stitch you up and send you on your merry way. And then as you're trying to heal all of that muscle and recover all of that core strength you're putting together, you know what I'm saying? This not for me, you know what I'm saying, but definitely fantastic, you know what I'm saying, performance and amazing feat of physical, you know what I'm saying, strength. Um, like, you know, like the reality is I feel like she gets to not have to tour heavy ever again. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Netflix, you know, will or or and and other platforms like it can allow her to do that. And um just as a side note, I would like to see Adele get on that because she just decided that she going to divorce her husband so you know while I may not be a fan of R&B Adele like Aretha Franklin and Mary J Blige is best when they are heartbroken unfortunately but fortunately <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad for them I'm happy for us the world is happy for us we all know we about to get some good you know what I'm saying like transition music so I feel like you know Netflix if you're listening, you're probably not. But if you are, please. Did you just do like Russia if you're listening? <laughs> holler, holler, holler at Adele because, you know what I'm saying, I will watch an Adele special. Okay, so I just want to just before, because I, I think T-Rich is about to take an alley-oop, I just want to say um, to what you were saying, I think no disrespect to Jay, but B been showing people the blueprint for a minute because she did it with her first, that Beyonce album that she did, and then she came back and doubled down with Lemonade on HBO. She's better so she, than him. <laughs> In terms of that's the mobile and shit, that's yeah, not up for discussion. She's better than him. <laughs> he was there taking notes, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's he was. better than him. He always has been. You he's know not a performer. You know what I'm saying? He's he's, he's oh, definitely. Oh God, no, he's not. Yeah, no. he's gotten better though. I think between Kanye and Beyonce, they both made him a much better performer. Because I've seen Jay perform like live, and I've also seen him recently. He actually moves around stage now. She's better than him. <laughs> but even if you even if you want to say. You know, he's not a performer. I think just going back to like before Beyonce, not Beyonce the artist, but also I guess Beyonce the artist, but Beyonce the album, like you promote shit. You went out, I have a new album coming out. This is my thing. You don't randomly just drop, drop a visual album yeah. in the middle of the night on like a Thursday. And don't tell nobody. And people just like, yo, Beyonce drops some shit and then everybody right. got to see that shit. I, I look. That's why I said she been showing people the blueprint for a minute. But at the end of the day, can't everybody do what Beyonce does? I mean, Madonna can't do that shit. Madonna been around for a minute, but she can't do what Beyonce does. Cher can't do that shit. Only person I think can do that shit right now is Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. I'm, I'm just giving props for props to do. We don't deserve. Um, the <laughs> the other thing we don't deserve is um, what's going on in D.C. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, there was uh, quite the kerfuffle 
about the Metro PCS store at the corner of 7th and in Florida. Georgia and Florida. Florida. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is it like Georgia, Florida, 7th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, same thing. 7th and Georgia, same thing at that point, yeah. Yeah. So this Metro PCS store, for those who don't live here, has been uh, playing go-go music for... 30 years. <laughs> for 30 years. It's always and been loud. Every day. You hear it and... It's just it's just what happens. Yeah. You you there, you pass by. I don't even think about it. it. No. You don't even notice it. I paid my um, page bill there. I'm saying. As loud as it is, you don't notice it. You don't yeah. notice it. To it. It's just it's just what happens. You <laughs> go there, that's what you hear. Mhm. End of story. Um but there was a quite a kerfuffle. There's a new building that's like a half a block away from that. The um, she's what what the was the sign? Right, but there was like this interesting like marketing, like she's coming or she's oh, yeah. on her she's way. She's coming, she's on her way, she's here now. Yeah. Bitch so <laughs> she came and she did not like the music. And she uh wrote some angry letters and it was silenced for a while. And a then days. people showed out and they were like, nah. And like, then ironically, like Tim Laguerre of T Mobile. Tim Laguerre of T Mobile. Um, who they petitioned was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to side with the Metro PCS store. Yeah. Did they, did they have a whole ass concert in front of the Reeve Center? Did they? Essentially. Yes, they did. Okay. As okay. Yeah. All right. So fast forward to late last week. <laughs> and about a block and a half away, two blocks away from two the Metro blocks, PCS yeah. store. Mm-hmm. And that is where you will find Howard University. If you don't know what Howard is, please press pause. Go to your whatchamacallit computer thingamabob and enter into the Wikipedia's Howard. Google's will tell you everything you know about Howard, but what they won't tell you, Christy and Lee will tell you Mm. because they actually attended. I did not. Yes. So um, part of the kerfuffle is that some of the colonizers want to turn Howard into, I guess, a dog park? A dog park, yes. The fuck so, because there's open space, so I'm going to punt so, it to you now, Christy. So here's how it goes. So the question is, does Howard have a dog policy? That's the real question. That's the question that appeared on the Prince of uh, Petworth blog that kicked off all of these shenanigans. So the Prince of... Blah, 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 blah. The Prince of Petworth blog is the colonizers, you know what I'm saying, message board and uh, kind of like internet meetup, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, what, what is that thing? It's not the neighborhood, you know, chat app where, you know what I'm saying, we just, you know what I'm saying, do racist, aggressive things to our neighbors. It is the place where we go to read about what hipster uh, restaurants are opening and closing mm-hmm. as luxury blight sets in because they have gentrified the fuck out of every fucking inch available in the city. So anywhere where they could have put a condo or where they could have knocked down a or they shouldn't have or put a pop-up on it where they shouldn't have, where we should have had a little bit of grass, where we just should have had a little bit of trees, where we should have had some of the original architecture. Mm-hmm. None of that exists. And so everything around Howard University has been gentrified. And what used to be a very low-lying landscape is now very dark and shadowy in the towers, I mean, in the shadows of uh, tall, luxury high-rise buildings, which, by the way, I must add, Howard has contributed to this. Oh, yeah. 
They have sold 99-year leases to these developers who have erected Meridio. You know these owed to the colonizers, you know what I'm saying? And these residences that are owed to the colonizers have brought colonizers and their pets. And so the way Howard University works is that it is an open campus. Um, and so it blends seamlessly into the neighborhood, what remains of it that is original, that is. Um, and so as you walk up and down Georgia Avenue, because once we cross over Florida to the north, Georgia, uh, 7th Street becomes Georgia. Once you uh, as you're walking up and down Georgia Avenue, you could turn and walk into the campus or you could continue straight. Now, from what I've read on the blogs, it seems that a lot of the colonizers, because they're lazy motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? If the dog walker's not going to do it, I guess they have to. But a lot of the colonizers would like to go over to the reservoir, which is on the other side of Howard's campus. And instead of walking around the campus, they walk through the campus with their dogs. Now, it has been stated by several people that it may not be so problematic if they walk through the campus and stuck to the sidewalk because even us black folks don't walk on the grass because the grass is for sitting and it's mostly for looking nice and green and untrod on so that, you know what I'm saying, when motherfuckers come and celebrate the homecoming in October because it is the black social event of the year if you are a DC person. Period. I mean, because DC is full of black HBCU people, except for poor, sad people like Zakia, who we have adopted into our extended families and so have given honorary, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, membership because they come to the cookouts, they come to the parties, they come to the reunions, you know what I'm saying? We have the graduate school experience of what HBCU life is oh like. And so, you know. We like to keep our grass nice, you know what I'm saying? Because we step on the yard, we graduate on the yard, we do lots of things that are sacred and hallowed to black intellectual swagger on the yard of Howard University. So it's my understanding that maybe it wouldn't be a problem if they stuck to the sidewalks and the pathways that have been so carefully paved so that we don't have ugly, you know what I'm saying, dirt nigga paths, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody likes a nigga path through their grass. You know what I'm saying? And this is not a racist thing, but a nigga path is that path of dirt that just hard packed dirt that not even a little blade of grass can grow through because motherfuckers just walked across it because it is the shortcut. People, colonizers, have been using the yard as their nigga path with their pets, who they allow to shit and piss on our sacred grass as they make their way across the yard to go and have a nice stroll around the reservoir. So one day, apparently, some person, because they haven't said if they were male or female, was on the yard and a particularly not happy or having it Howard student came after them and was like, oh, hey, by the way, we don't have dogs here. Get your fucking dog off the yard. And nobody says in their postings or in the recountings that have been told around the city, because this is now a myth, um, whether or not the students were actually walking in the same direction or whether or not they were actually followed because we know colonizers be scared and so they be you know what i'm saying misunderstanding what colored people be doing so apparently the colonizer says that she was followed for five minutes by these students who continued to yell at her and tell her that she wasn't welcome on howard university with her dog and so um she went home after this harrowing experience and posted on the Prince of Petworth blog, does Howard University have a dog policy? 
this hit the interwebs and the interwebs prompted Angie Ange to go out with her camera and her microphone and get some live feed of what the people in the neighborhood thought. And she came across what the interwebs have termed gentrifying George, who said, if the students don't like it, then they can move the motherfucking campus. At which point, all of the alumni and all of the adults in the Howard University executive office room had to come and have a seat at the fucking table and let George know that, sir, we have just celebrated our 152nd year, have several stadiums full of seats. We will not be going a motherfucking place. We will riot and you will flee in fear for your life before we go anywhere. Believe that. So, at first, there was a statement from the president that said, oh, we're trying to get along with the neighborhood, but the students weren't happy. And I feel like the press ran with it and made it seem like there was some room for, you know what I'm saying, some fuckery. So then he had to come out with a statement the other day that said, um, yeah, so your service animals are welcome, but your pets aren't. Thank you very much. Oh, I didn't see that he released Earl, Oh my God. See, I thought that you had read The Very Smart Brothers, which was not quite an anger interpreter version, but I it did. was... Oh, right, right. So that, that that was an actual official statement, the not italics part that was released by, by Frederick, by President Frederick, that said, yes, your service animals are welcome, but your pets aren't. Oh. So, um... I, I heard about this on Friday as I was driving home from one of my little spots I like to go, like, you know, chill and drink with, with friends and family, right? So I hadn't heard about this. And when I heard about it, apparently I went to, to like 100 and didn't realize it because uh, the person I was talking to was like, yo, you're really like turned up. You need like calm down. I'm like, nah, nah. So let me tell you. <clears throat> The audacity for you to this is like this is the same issue that we have with the with the hashtag don't mute DC issue in in, in its essence. It's way more egregious, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a parallel before I get back to the Howard thing. So with the don't mute DC hashtag, where the white people came in, or sorry, colonizers came in and they were saying that you need to turn your music down or whatever, again. I went to Howard University years ago, and Metro PCS store was loud as fuck then. It has not changed. It was loud as fuck before I got there. It's loud as fuck after I left. It's loud as fuck Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday. That's just what they do. It's always been that way. People understand what it is. So here's the question. When you came to look for your nice little apartment at the Shea or whatever the fuck it is, that music was playing, was it not? Mm-hmm. When you did your little survey of like, you know, what the little things you could do in the area, that music was playing, was it not? It's not like you were surprised, like you didn't know. It wasn't like it was one of those off type deals where like, oh, I didn't know when I moved in or whatever because they weren't playing their music. Nah, this shit was like that when you got there. So if I moved to middle America and there's a punk rock club that was down the street that every Friday through Saturday or Friday through Monday played punk rock loud as hell and I knew that when I moved in, that's on me. If I didn't know it when I moved in, that's on me. What you don't do is you don't go into somebody's house and then tell them to turn their fucking music down. You are a guest. Well, how about this? You can't move to a neighborhood for all the funky diversity, and then when you get there, 
think that the funky diversity is a nuisance and now you want you know that's what I'm exactly what i'm saying this area of the city that you moved to that you know what i'm saying you moved to because it was so quaint and funky and diverse to now all of a sudden look like some suburban strip mall because the reality is you know what i'm saying what they really want is for the metro pcs store to you know what i'm saying leave so that they can you know what i'm saying put something in there that will complement a warby parker or a soul cycle or whatever yeah, it is, fuck is. but you know what's funny warby parker about to go because warby parker can't afford to stay there all of that retail underneath the shade is about to go and can't afford to stay there because you know what the people in the neighborhood don't buy it so yes. you know why because there's still enough black people in the neighborhood and not only that but Howard University is the Mecca. Shaw Howard neighborhood will always be Shaw Howard neighborhood, even if they decide to call it Shea Howard neighborhood. Because the reality is Howard ain't going no motherfucking where. It is the actual world capital of black intellectual swagger, period, end of story. That's not up for debate or discussion. And the reality is U Street, you know what I'm saying, may be full of a bunch of hipsters, which, by the way, let's talk about the fact that hipsters are yuppies that co-opted Normcore and Grandma Chic. You know what I'm saying? So they are fucking colonizers. They are the motherfucking enemy, and they are not to be trusted. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter how much Wu-Tang they listen to and no no matter how much Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying, they like, the reality is they don't actually want to live next door to the motherfuckers, and they don't want to live next door to brown people who play that shit. They want to live next door to other white people who play that shit. I miss you straight. Well, you know what's what's funny is well to get on what Lee was saying about mute DC about about mute DC is that a lot of people who have been writing op-ed pieces about mute DC and about the aggressive gentrification in Shaw and you know writing about how it's one of the most rapidly gentrifying neighborhoods in the whole country is the fact that um wait where was I going oh shit I lost my train of thought. Oh, never mind. We'll have to edit that out. No, nah, we'll just keep going. It's okay. It happens. I no, all the time. I, it's on the tip of my brain, but I don't it, remember what it was. It'll come back to you, and then you can it just will. cut me off again. Okay. <laughs> but there was also an article. Um, oh, wait. Yes, that 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 a lot of that that even though a lot of U Street has changed, that there is a core black population that lives in the area, and even if they live in Maryland or Virginia, that they still come into DC to party and drink and socialize around the U Street area and at Howard, you know, around Howard. And so the reality is a lot the bulk of the biz the bulk of the business that is being done on those areas is not actually the colonizers who've moved in, but it's the black people who want to have a continued uh, association with place, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and history and culture that brings them back to that area over and over again. And they were saying that all these funky, trendy businesses that cater to hipsters are slowly closing down under the shade. They're not renewing their leases or um, they're actually having to close early, but the black businesses and the black owned businesses and the businesses that cater to black culture in the area are thriving and doing quite well. So I just want to actually just, just stay focused very quickly um, or uh, on the culture aspect, because that's, that's ultimately what, what we're discussing here. So again, Metro PCS is part of the fabric and the culture of that neighborhood. That neighborhood, if it had a material problem with the Metro PCS store, would have handled that shit decades ago when Metro PCS first started doing that. But that's been part of what they do on the quarter, corner of Florida and Georgia, right? So for you to come in there and, and think that you're going to change things and things are supposed to adhere to what makes you comfortable 
and you're not from there is a very big problem and it's so fucking egocentric it's it's mind-boggling it's like when spike lee was talking about how his, his father had been doing a drum circle in brooklyn <laughs> for 40 years and people move in and after a year they want to like shut down drum circles and shit like no motherfucker you ain't part of this you know what I'm saying? So like the idea that you want to like cut through Howard's campus when you can just walk your ass up two more blocks and go down Gresham or go down Harvard and get right to that reservoir if that's where you want to go and you can still hit it. You know what I'm saying? You could cut over through uh, uh, off of Florida. You know you can you could go to Florida and then walk up fourth. You got options. So like the idea that people are supposed to, the idea that you're gonna say move an entire institution to cater to your whim. Is the problem that we have with white privilege? That is the, the, the that is the encapsulation of white privilege right there. To that, move an entire institution so your dog can take a piss and that you not That's go clean been up. Been there for hundred and fifty two motherfucking years. Yeah, but not only that, you don't like. I watch these motherfuckers. No, I'm just saying I watch a lot of people with dogs, and this is not just like a a white thing. This is a period thing. A lot of people are supposed to have poop bags to clean up their dog shit. They don't. They let the dog shit, and they keep walking like they ain't see their dog shit. So I so, live up here on uh, Wisconsin Avenue, and I frequent between Connecticut and Wisconsin, you know, in my travels. And the reality is, first of all, I don't even understand the shit, you know what I'm saying? Because up here, what I know is that whiteness in pets is lazy. And I can say that because what I see is a lot of actual dog walkers during the day. So I'm glad you don't want your dog on meds and you're actually having to take it out for a walk. That's great. But the other thing that I noticed is that people don't leave their house with a paper towel and a plastic bag to pick up their dog shit. They actually really fucking rely on the apartment building, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, the 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 business that they're going to walk past having a bag available for them. And I think that that is the most entitled, arrogant, obnoxious shit ever. For you to have a pet that is going to defecate, you know what I'm saying, on a public walkway, whether it be the grass in the park, in a playground, I've seen the shit on concrete and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Wherever your dog likes to shit, for you to think that it's okay for your dog to shit in a place of public egress and you don't have the tools with you to clean it up, you actually rely on your building or a building that you don't even live in because you live in the house across the street to provide you with a bag. Fuck you. I hope your dog bites your ass. Well, I very specifically said (laughs) so your dog can take a piss because... It is still very disrespectful to walk your dogs through Howard and have your dog Period. take a piss um, through at the going through the yard on any of the trees, benches, or any of those other things that are part of the Panhellenic Council. And just like I'm just pissing mm-hmm. all over this. So I very specifically said take a piss and not take a shit because obviously you know, you have your dog take a shit on something, you take a shit on something, whatever. It's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to just take a shit. But still just the idea of like pissing on something is just still, it's just as egregious and that doesn't make it any better. And even if you bring your own bag, exactly. And it's almost worse because poop is usually solid. You can pick it up, but the reality is is there. It makes the grass brown people gonna or sit yellow. down and not know that it's a pea patch and not some grass like mm-hmm. that shit is right 
Thank you. Thank you. Because that is more problematic than shit, really. Shit is aesthetically aesthetically more problematic, but piss is actually practically more problematic. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just just to wrap this thing up, whatever, because I, I think Chrissy's spoken to a lot of my anger uh, <laughs> on, on this on this issue. Um, again, the idea that people are supposed to, to shift their lives and their existence to cater to your fucking dog is insulting. People pay thousands of dollars to be a part of a legacy, yo. That shit is, that legacy was there long before you carried your janky ass to Howard's campus. That don't you matter don't if I pay thousands of dollars or yeah. if I got a scholarship and I have a free ride still. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Nobody, let, me, let me just say. I mean, if you look at, sorry, if you look at the, the area of D.C., there's Howard, there is GW, there, um, sorry, George Washington University, mm-hmm. there's Georgetown. Trinity, American. American. Yeah. And am I missing anything? Trinity. Gallaudet, that has beautiful spaces. Catholic, uh, <laughs> Catholic, mm-hmm. and, and I might add to this discussion that not only do all of these colleges and universities exist, but they literally have named the neighborhoods and the metro stops that are close to them mm-hmm. for these places. So it's not like they just exist. You know what I'm saying? Like NYU might, you know what I'm saying? In in Manhattan, in this space where it's like some random nameless, faceless buildings and, oh, you just happen to be on NYU's campus. That is not at all how D.C. college campuses are set up. Not even GW looks like that. And it is the closest to NYU that you could get. But it is still very segregated and, you know, very much its own little bubble. And so I just, you know, the, the gall, the unmitigated gall of, you know what I'm saying, the whiteness that has come to Shaw Howard to think that they can act like this in a black space is, you know, a problem. And I think, you know, on some levels, I can understand that they may be ignorant, but the thing that bothers me is that they don't understand how sacred that space is to us. And I think that probably speaks to the fact that when you have every place, you don't understand what it means to have a special place. Let me let me just because um, I feel like I talk about this for a very long time. Let me just put this there. Um, I've been going to Howard Homecoming for over twenty five years. I was going to Howard Homecoming before I was a student there because I had family that went there before I went there. Um, I obviously because once I became an alum, <laughs> I went there again because it's actually my homecoming. I've been to a lot of Howard Homecomings because I said over twenty five years. I can't definitively remember one time I saw anybody on Howard's campus at homecoming just chilling with a dog. We know better than that. I can't think of it. Now I've been down like Bannerca Field when they have like like you know the like the the Caribbean Day Festival or whatever. You might see somebody down there with a pit every once in a while. Somebody will have a, like an albino python or some shit. I don't know. But I can't think of a time I just saw somebody just on Howard's campus just with a dog. I'm going to take it a you step bring further. Your ba- you Lee. bring your babies there. Yeah. No, Lee, I'm going to take it a step further. In the 90s, in the middle of the crack era, when Howard was immediately surrounded 360 by ghetto, did you ever, when you were coming out of fine arts at night, working in the lab, ever, ever, ever see anybody from D.C. with a dog on the yard? Nope. No. You know why? Because even they knew fucking better. Even they had the respect, you know what I'm saying? Like hood ass motherfuckers 
who, quite frankly, you know what I'm saying, shooting each other in the street, got the respect for our campus to not bring their dogs onto our campus. And they got pit bulls all around. Mm -hmm. So, like, if the black people who live in the neighborhood, who there can be some, you know what I'm saying, you know, towny college tension between oh yeah sometimes, there's that. sometimes don't yeah. no no actually have the respect for that space to not bring their dogs there even way back in the day then it's really kind of unfathomable to anybody associated with Howard to not be able to understand why the colonizers don't understand why you can't do that because it's the people who had just as tense a relationship with us, but were also brown and black, understood, no, nah, I won't take our dogs up there. If they understood that, we really don't get why, you know what I'm saying, the colonizers don't get that, except for the fact that we understand that colonizers are going to colonize. But what they don't understand is we're not having it. And to that, I must say, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, I am adopting you know what I'm saying? Samantha Irby's mentality. And, you know, I don't apologize to or move for white people. Got it. Shrill has been renewed for a second season. Um, I've watched the first four episodes because of y'all. So I'm not I'm not there. I'm not all the way through it yet, but I've watched the first four episodes. Um, I want to transition, if you don't mind, uh, to... Uh, student, this was actually I wanted to talk about this last week, but we didn't record last week for the, the, the podcast. Um, but uh, a gentleman by the name of I believe Alexander McNabb. Yes, I think so. Um, I keep wanting to say Donovan McNabb because you know I watched football back in the day. But anyway, Alexander McNabb is a I believe a Columbia student university, um, Columbia student a university. Jesus, you understand what I'm saying? A student at Columbia University. And um, he was basically accosted <laughs> by several police officers because he was on campus getting free food. And apparently they didn't like the cut of his jib as he was getting free food. So they figured there was an opportunity to harass him and, and, and question whether or not he was in the right space, whether or not he belonged there. Um, and when it was filmed uh, by two different parties, one was a black woman, one was a white woman. Um, both individuals attested to the fact that he was indeed, you know, in his, within his rights to be there, that he had not done anything wrong. Um, what I wanted to speak to, because there are a lot of things that we can break down in terms of if you've seen the video or if you have not seen the video, one of the things I wanted to speak to is, um, one of the people who was filming it was a white lady and she was saying, you know, when the things started to happen, when events started to go down, she knew this was like one of those things with terms of like, you know, police overstepping their bounds. Um, and she felt like she didn't know what to do. So she decided she would just record. And I think that in essence is part of the problem that we have in society. Like people are so fast these days to record instead of actually just speaking out and saying something. You have privilege. You could have easily just said, yo, he, yo, don't do that. He's cool. He's here. He was welcome. But your ass decided to just silently record. And that is part of the problem. Because I think the moment you put that phone up or whatever, you disconnect yourself from the actual event that's happening right in front of you. I've seen way too many people just recording heinous shit. And and you just like recording people getting murdered or accosted or whatever. And I'm 
yeah, I just like we need to be, be able to like have an understanding of why you didn't have the the words to figure out what to say in this moment. I think that I think that it's it's more complicated than just speaking up because I think the thing that is implicit in whiteness which is separate from white people. You know, all white people don't practice whiteness Correct. all the time. Correct. You know, and all white people don't practice whiteness consciously. Mm -hmm. But I think that what all white people do know is to break from the script of whiteness is actually just as dangerous for them as it is for the other person. And I think that I can't name any off the bat, but I have seen situations where white people have, where somebody has been recording and a white person has tried to intervene and that shit has escalated. Um, and so I think that the real issue is that we have to develop language. And this is a white people task, quite frankly, but white people need to develop the language in order to challenge whiteness in judicial situations like that. Because the reality is, you know, as a student, they do bear their own risks, you know what I'm saying, in speaking out. You know, there's always all kinds of re retaliation that can be done, um, especially since those police are armed. You know, they are in a position of authority over everybody. And I think the reality is people break all kinds of little trivial rules all the time that nobody is, you know, holding them to. But if somebody is gunning for you, then, you know, like, and they have the authority to hold you to the letter of the law, then that can make life very uncomfortable. So I think that, you know, the issue that you present, Lee, is really just that white people got to figure out how to challenge whiteness. You know what I'm saying? But that's I, I, I agree. That's no, I agree. But that, that that's their job. And I think mm -hmm. that but I think but I think we as brown and black people really do have to acknowledge that there there can be consequences for them and that while we're all trying to preserve our safety, um the, the thing that whiteness does best is preserve its safety. I mean the reality is all the cognitive dissonance around, you know what I'm saying, the non existent racism that black people keep complaining about is the fact that it is uncomfortable for whiteness to have to acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, reparations. <laughs> yeah, like this conversation, this this non-conversation that's being had about reparations for the most part. Yeah, I, I feel it. Because um, you would have to talk about slavery. And nobody ever wants to, like, you know, admit that they're actually, you know, benefiting It was from just slavery. so long ago. I just don't understand yeah, why. Yeah, that was 150 that. years ago. No such thing as Jim Crow and civil rights era and another shit that came out of that. So, yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, so I it, saw this story, but it was um, it was not on a week where I could subject myself to black pain because I am having to consciously decide this is a week when I can subject myself to black pain. And this is a week when I cannot, because while I understand and do think it's important that these stories get out and that they're reported in the media and that they're not just like silenced, um, sometimes it feels to me like watching slave narrative movies mm -hmm. and how that is just like mm -hmm. re-traumatization. And I don't watch slave narrative movies. I've never had no intention on watching mm -hmm. like 12 years of slave and all of these other things that just like oh, relive black pain. <laughs> Thank you. Thank people be mad. Cause I like still haven't seen 12 years of slave no. for what? No. That shit would trigger so much deep trauma that I would be so barely fit for human consumption, if fit at all, that like, you know, like, I don't think people understand that when you really can 
truly comprehend and just the tip of the iceberg of the depth of of what that must feel like. Like, first of all, watching the trailer for 12 Years a Slave makes me feel claustrophobic in a way that I can't even begin to put words to. The idea that I may not actually be able to own my body like that, like, like I read, uh, what is that? Uh, secrets in the life of a slave girl about the girl, about the woman who was raped by her owner and had children by him. And she was so trying to get away from the situation that she literally hid in the floorboards of the attic for 12 years. I mean, can you imagine that you would subject yourself to a space that is smaller than a solitary confinement jail cell in a supermax prison to get away from somebody's ownership over your body. And I, I mean, could, but I don't the, think the production, the marketing, the, you know, shoving this down my throat of like, Hey, this is a good, like, I don't, I don't need to see any more slave narratives. Shit was horrible. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to talk, you're going to show me some horrible shit. There's going to be at least one white person in there who was less horrible mm-hmm. than all of the other. But no, I don't. And so I saw this this story for this young man. and I was just like, you know, this is f- for my own personal safety and my own keeping it together. This is not on a week when I'm subjecting myself to those types of things. No, I mean, I did watch 12 Years a Slave. Um I, I think we've had conversations before and um, my, my perspective is as much as Hollywood tries to capture the atrocities of, of slavery, they'll never be able to do it because they don't have the stomach to actually go in and show how horrible they are as people. No, because you know what? And, and one of the biggest reasons why is because, you know, for the sake of black outrage, I believe, um, amongst other things, also their uncomfortableness. But also, you know, I think what they would say is black outrage, but it's really their uncomfortableness. It's always a fucking hero story. You know, like the reality is somebody had to come get that. We don't get enough beloveds. Mm -hmm. And the reality, the real reality of slavery is there are millions of broken black people to this day who are still reliving the physical sexual, mental, emotional history of violence that has been passed on to us because Mm -hmm. of slavery, by parents who are trying to keep us safe from whiteness, by whiteness itself inflicting all kinds of, you know, violence on us. And I don't think that people really want to go down to, I mean, the reality is people don't want to go to the projects, you know what I'm saying, and look at some sad ass story and then do the family tree on that. Because see, the family tree on every sad black story in America, you know what I'm saying, is going back to slavery or colonization in the Caribbean or Africa. And so, and, and, and not only that, but then how blackness is impacted by whiteness in America. So the reality is nobody actually wants to do the genealogy of black trauma that exists today. And so we don't have those fucked up stories about slavery where motherfuckers just killed themselves and not it was a freeing thing, but like it was just the last desperate act of somebody Mm -hmm. who had lived a sad, miserable, unbearable life. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. And the fact that many of those people through no pleasure or will of their own had children and they have passed this history 
down to them. And I don't think people want to talk about the fact that slavery is not something that happened in history books. It was an experience that was inflicted on people that we continue to live because trauma is generational. And if you drop a fucking boulder into a bucket, you know what I'm saying? Then the reality is what you get is, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of ripples and splashes and fucking flooding and dampness and mildew and rot everywhere. You know what I'm saying? That all of that water touched, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really more like a concussive bomb blast, you know what I'm saying? The effects of slavery than it is, you know what I'm saying? Even, you know, something like, you know, an object being dropped into water because, you know, that feels serene on some levels, you know what I'm saying? But we have torn people's minds and bodies and spirits apart. And then we freed them didn't give them any fucking money and said, good luck with that. Didn't give them any education. Didn't give them any like, like opportunity, gave them no, like, you know, space to actually be themselves or have agency over their bodies. Exactly. And I think when you think about that, when you think about where we actually really came from, dude, First of all, the fact that we don't go out indiscriminately killing white people, everybody should be glad about. And I think that says something about us as black people, not what oppression has done to us, but our own spirit. You know what I'm saying? Our own deep down goodness, because the reality is once they freed us, we didn't go out wholesale and massacre motherfuckers. We just wanted to be left alone to live our lives. You know, and the fact that we are as sane and as wealthy as we are for as impoverished as we are is a fucking miracle, because I must say again, they freed us with nothing and said, good luck with that. Word. Speaking of good luck. Wendy Williams. (sighs) Finally decided to divorce her husband. Good luck, Kevin. You and your new baby mama. You got a nice little severance package, though. Huh? You got a nice little severance package when she fired him. Heard he got like $10 $10 million. Yeah. Well, he was in there for a while. I mean, they were married... They they no nah, that, nah, that's just being, being fired from the job. Business together, so yeah, that, right. that was, that, they that was a lot of money business. together, and it was like her manager. Yeah, yeah. As as much as it galls me that he gets to walk away with anything, because I mean, to be perfect. See, see, I, so so. You said good luck to Kevin, and I say good luck to them both. And the reason why I say good luck to them both is I say good luck to Kevin. Yeah, not really, but um, I say good luck to uh. Wendy, because I feel like for somebody who is the queen of gossip, who loves to air out other people's shit, she ain't even hinted at what's been going on in her marriage or what she's been dealing with. And I think that, you know, like I've seen some reports in my feed about, you know, close friends are really worried about her and her sobriety now that divorce has been announced. And I think part of that is because um, if you can't talk openly, uh, even just, you know, a little bit in general about, you know, the, the basic issues that you've been having and why you have been driven to relapse because of your experience with this man, then I'm not really sure true healing can happen. And if she's not getting true healing, then that's just, that's a hurt person about to hurt a lot of other people. I mean, with a platform that is known for being hurtful. Yeah, but and, and I, I feel like, you know, I don't I, I want to be very careful how I say this. Because at the end of the day, like 
I understand that she is a human being. They both are. And I don't wish ill upon anybody. But I have to acknowledge the fact that she's put a lot of dirt and shade on people. Not on some like factual, like, these are the facts. This is what I heard. And I feel like a lot of that shit wasn't always necessarily what you heard. It might just might be when you want to throw out in the, in the, in the, in the universe. But I um, feel like this right here, this revelation, all that's been going on in her marriage, first of all, this ain't her first toxic relationship. Second of all, the the amount of toxicity that was going on in this relationship provides so much context for why she does what she does in the way that she does it. Would you agree, Miss Rich? I would. And let's be honest here. Like, Wendy is not hated. Yeah. Wendy's love. beloved. Yes, she loved. Yeah. Yes. I'm not I'm not saying that to be a dick. I just like no, it's, I'm not no, a fan. It, it, I don't. I don't. It, again, I wish nothing ill again. I don't really pay much attention to it, but I'm not a fan no, of, at all. Wendy, okay. people like Wendy. Okay. Wendy is what Perez Hilton aspires to be. She is someone who trades in vitriol and really just kind of unnecessary, messy fuck shit and spreading all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, people find that. I mean, so 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 gossip is complicated because gossip for as ugly as it can be and for as often as it is used as a weapon, a lot of times gossip is important because you know what I'm saying? I mean, the reality is a lot of girls could not escape R. Kelly, but a lot of girls knew what his game was. And so the gossip kept a lot of women safe. For as many women as it did not keep safe, the gossip kept a lot of women safe. And I think that the reality is there is a beneficial side to even some of the most ugly shit that Wendy does reveal because the reality is people now are armed with information and they can take that to keep themselves safer in situations because they have a, a better idea of the context that the person that they're working with is dealing with. Um, so I think that, you know, it's complicated what she does. It's not what she does. It's how she does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, no, 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 no. I, 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 I get it. I'm just not here for it. That's all. I mean, I mean, I, Ange- I, yeah. Angela Yee breaks just as much bullshit as Wendy does, but the reality is, people don't think Angela Yee is a shitty person. Hmm. I think she's a shitty person, but for other reasons. Well, you know. Oh, do tell. So <laughs> nah. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like when people are in there, I feel like there's a role that she could play that she chooses not to play. I could see that. Mm. she's um she's much more of a kind of go along when i feel like there are times when you know charlemagne and the other one right but it's just like oh i just gonna see here with my love it's like girl please is that is that who you are we don't need you here for this um yeah but Hey, Wendy's a good time. I started watching Wendy when I started teleworking. I was just like, oh, I'll put this on. I'm not really going to pay any attention to it. Shit. <laughs> I was watching that shit every Tuesday and Thursday. Like, what you talking about today, Wendy? Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a full day of Hot Topics? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it's the shit you love to hate. You know, it and is. it's informative. And it tells you a lot about people. And the reality is... Rumor has it is not a catchphrase for no reason. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's something different about the way she does it and the way Perez Hilton does it. Um, Perez has a lot of bitchy with it. Mm -hmm. And 
the delivery that Wendy gives is just like, oh, hey, I just came across. Yeah, this. yeah. She's also oh. like, she's like whispering to her girlfriend, like you know. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, guess what a girl? What guess what I heard? Yeah, That's how I she mean, says it. Yeah, so I, I don't I, know. It could be true. It could not be true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, I'm just not a fan, but I, I hear it. Didn't want to be, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not judging it. Like you know, I'm not you know, definitely not saying anyone who goes down the road of divorce is going down an easy road. And I anticipate <laughs> that this had to be like a difficult decision uh-huh. to make, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, that again, shit toxic. Yeah. I feel for her son, you know, because the reality is when your mother is abused, you're abused, you know? And I think that it's really hard to have to really choose between two parents And I think that, you know, I'm not him. I have no idea what's going on. But I think that, you know, if it is bad, it's well, well, what's out there is bad. So it's got to be worse. You know what I'm saying? His own mother came out and said that she has seen him kicking her. So I I did hear that. Huh? I did hear that. That was his mother. And like that, that's a woman seeing another woman being treated so badly that she has to say something regardless of whether or not that man is her son, because that shit cannot stand. And I think that says something about his mother. I mean, she's probably seen a lot of horrific shit, but I mean, at least she finally was, you know, brave enough because because that that takes courage, too. I mean, the reality is I don't know his mother's situation, but I know that he probably got way more money than her. You know what I'm saying? And so all of that is a risk. You know what I'm saying? And nobody wants to hurt their children. And for you to have to say something that ugly and true about your son, you know, that that's hurtful, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day. And and it is an act of betrayal on one level, but it's an act of deeper love on another. But I mean, that person is going to feel betrayed before they feel love. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot, you know, that, that has to be said about that. And I think that if that's what we heard, then we can only, we can't even really begin to imagine the horror that she's been through. And, you know, I, I, I just, I, good luck mm-hmm. to her son because, you know, he really does have to, when you see shit like that go down, you cannot really love both people equally or the same, or maybe even at all. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's just a, a shitty place to be in. That's yeah. a shitty place to put a child, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a shitty place to put any child. But it's certainly a shitty place to put a child who is still actually a child. Yeah. I totally agree with that. All right. So we got we're going to put you guys in a shitty place right now because we're going to end this. So. I know you're very sorry to see us go, but I think Lee's late. getting hungry. It is late. And Lee's hungry. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week unless, uh, you know, there's like another pollen apocalypse. Oh, my God. That shit was so bad. We were both like, like when you said it, I was like. I wasn't even trying to fight it because I was I was in the same boat as you were. I had never experienced allergies like that before. Well, so no. it's funny because it's like I haven't been as bad as I normally have been because I got my allergy shots. But I had to go out Monday, and when the text came through, I was like, "Well, another day then," because I was 
so tired and I couldn't figure out why. And as soon as you said pollen, I was like, that was it. Because before I went outside, I was fine because my windows had been closed mm-hmm. because, you know, like I try and keep all that cherry blossom shit out my house because I'm highly allergic to that shit. And it just makes me feel tired and cranky and mm-hmm. like not wanting to do anything. So my eyes may run. I may be stuffy, but more than anything, I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, man, I, I was I was in a bad way. I could like uh, like breathing was challenging for me. I had to remind myself that like, you can breathe in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll you tell you. Die, nigga. Yeah, yeah, I, I had tears streaming down. I'm at work, tears streaming down my face. I'm sneezing. I was sneezing to cough so much. I had a headache, yo. It, it was it was it was. It was yeah, it was, it's been it was it's bad. been bad this year, and I think bad. last week was just. Cause you know, like the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. before that, I've just been like, yeah, just yeah. Bullshit. It came to but like me. Monday, I was just like, mm-hmm. fuck everything. And it took me, you know, it took me all week to get back blossom. to normal. We're, we're at peak cherry blossom, and I hate, I hate. I'm not even people. in DC. <laughs> Ain't no cherry blossom around here. No, oh my, yes, there are. Really? Yes, there I have, are. I have a tree at the end of my block. Okay. And you know why I know that? No, are, you know that's that is fair. I got him. I got him in my neighborhood. You're right. I got in my neighborhood. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they're, different, they're different breeds. Even, they're different yeah, breeds. Yes, yeah. there are tons of, of, yeah, of yeah. different breeds. I got them, and, I got them and, in my neighborhood. You're right. And then there's the red bud trees. I got an oak tree outside my, my window that's about to, yeah, no, the leaves have come out. The pollen will be out. Well, the pollen is out on some of it, but it'll be oak lasts a long time. Yeah, I'm just but, say, I mean, I, need, I, need I, I, I just I hate when people be like, oh, D.C., because in, in the spring, they're always like, oh, don't you love the cherry blossoms? And I'm like, no, my sinuses are being raped. Like, fuck no. This isn't fun. <laughs> no. It's been hell, so hopefully we will have it together and we can be back next week. But if we're not, don't blame us. Blame Mother Nature and the environment. Blame the Chinese. Blame global warming. Japanese. Where do we get these damn trees from? Blame Trump. The Japanese. And I think some president's wife planted all of them. I can't remember. The Japanese gave the ones to us on a title basin as a gift. It's like the Imperial Majesty gave it to us like 100 years ago, damn near. Yeah. And then some president's wife lost her mind and like imported thousands of them, like tens of thousands of them. It was like, this is what we're going to make DC known for. And it was like, well, okay, bitch, leave your stamp. But mm-hmm. what about us? Mm-hmm. You gone. I'm right? still sneezing and my eyes are leaking. So cherry blossoms so and starlings are, are okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. All right. So we'll catch you guys later. Hey, who, 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 who brought us in on the show today though? You didn't even introduce yourself today. I did. No, you didn't. You asked. You, you asked. Did I know? Do I know who it was? Oh, we didn't. Introduce- I said, "Hey, me, T. Rich." Oh, so I we didn't did. introduce ourselves. And okay, that's what it was. Okay. Oh, I certainly didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. if you don't know who I am by now, then you're not a long time listener. So <laughs> you're new, and I have to introduce myself because I was about to be really smart, but I forgot. Like all of y'all are old friends. Exactly. So hey, new friends. I'm K. Savage. <laughs> Clearly. I didn't do introductions of y'all though. I just introduced. Myself. You did. You did. You said, "Oh, you don't know who that? You got like, 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 you don't know who that is? That's OT Genesis. Get familiar." I feel like I could totally be identified as the girl that drops all the f bombs, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, you, you've been identified as a girl that drops a lot of shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you drop. Not, the all, angry not all one, of it's solicited. The militant one. You know what I'm saying? I think we like, all got levels of militants. You just got you just got a different twang with yours. You, you're like the girl with the all the, 
awesome facts. Just the random facts that you ain't never know you wanted to know. Huh. K Savage got you. Yes. Lee Bennett the third, aka Da Vinci Parks, by the way. Alright, so we've done intros and outros at the same time. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> indeed. Stay alive, don't die, be kind to yourself because if you're not nice to yourself, you cannot be nice to other people. And do not mistake not not don't mistake needing community care for failing at self-care. Stay blessed, stay blessed. Masturbate. Later. <laughs> I feel that's like that's all the things you need to know about life right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you gave a lot of like a lot of stuff all in one go. No, I think all three of us. Oh. So you need to stay blessed, stay woke, masturbate, be nice to yourself so you can be nice to other people and don't die. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a full day. <laughs> <laughs>